Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Okay, so, our band of intrepid adventurers have returned to the ruins of Brarelgrin, the dwarven fortress they once explored before. They have this time penetrated into the flooded section of the ruins with the assistance of their wizard gnome friend, Zuchette, have teleported in to the primary temple of the ancient city and fought the constructs which had been guarding it all this time just itching for uh well drow clerics in particular wizards you know just general outsiders to come and give them something to fight um three of those constructs are now disabled uh, one of them the shield ball monster uh, appears to still be active but crucially is also down a well i have therefore removed it from the battle map as no longer a threat because it's down a well. You are in a large, echoing stone chamber. It has a double row of pillars. Uh, sorry, it has a row of pillars down each side. It has a high, arching roof. It contains a 15-foot reflecting pool, which is now less still than it was. The surface is uh, shivering and rippling uh, due to the influence of a construct that has been dropped down it. There is also a statue of a seated dwarf draped in veils, which has been gorgeously carved from marble that is uh, on a large plinth at one end of the room. And at the other end, there is an, a, a semicircular chamber separated off from this main part of the temple with an arched doorway, and through there you can see that there is a smaller, uh, well-shaped structure as well. The tide, as you know, is coming in, and you know, because you can see from all of the muck on the floor, that this chamber will be at least partially flooded when the tide finishes coming in. At the moment, it is lapping around the base of the statue at the, uh, the entrance of the chamber. What would you like to do? I don't remember the roles we were using for this, but I would like to see very quickly what can be salvaged from the constructs that are still up here. Sure thing. Uh, I believe we were doing those as a... Um, I think we were doing it as a dex roll plus proficiency because it's your kind of thing. Cool. That sounds about right. Where is proficiency? There it is. Mm, not great. That's an 11. Mm. Um, 
with eleven, you're not going to get very much. You can probably you can you can extract the uh, the primary gems, um, mm -hmm. but they'll they'll be separated from from all of their mechanics in the process. So you will just get gems. Um, okay. So you have one nice chunky diamond, uh, and I How think chunky? the others. Let me just take a look because I don't want to give you something that is inconveniently not quite a useful number because. That would be mean, but I can't off the top of my head remember the numbers of diamonds that you would find particularly helpful. Well, for Revivify, it's diamonds worth 300 gold pieces. I know that some spells use stuff like diamond dust, but I don't remember how much that's... Yeah, and you, you only have Revivify at this point. You don't have anything up that tree. Right. Revivify is the one that uses diamond dust, isn't it? No, it's 300 gold pieces worth of diamonds. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be grounded to dust. I think Revivify doesn't specify. There's somewhere it specifies a diamond worth X, and I think Revivify you can like make it up with smaller yeah, ones. Yeah, it's diamonds. So you can have yeah. one diamond, or you can have a bunch of them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, my my uh, still last, night it, D &D, so. <laughs> last night at D&D, our cleric made a joke about snorting diamond dust off of someone while they... <laughs> the nosebleeds, my god. Oh. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> do not do this thing. <laughs> it is a bad idea. And you will regret it. Okay, so there's two of you who have got Revivify, in which case we will say this is a diamond large enough for that. This is about a 400 gold piece diamond. Okay. Oh, non-detection. It needs a pinch of diamond dust worth 25 gold pieces, which is also consumed. Uh, you also get, um, and those are nice, big, valuable gems. Um, you probably don't have any immediate spells that use them, unlike the diamond, but that—that uh, that is that is what you've got. Sadly, none of the uh, enchanted equipment has survived the process of being gutted. Fair. Unfortunately. To be fair to fair. you, one of them, you know, all of its hydraulic oil got turned into soot, and that has really done a number <laughs> on its mechanical soundness you know it, they, they have just yeah. been in a fight so what you're saying is we need to drag this one out of the well and vivisect it <laughs> for, for useful magic items it's not cruel it's a robot i mean i'd normally be all for team dragon and vivisect the robot from the well but uh considering rising tide perhaps we ought to be a little more intentional with our time i will point at the statue and go does that look resonationy reson resonating to presumably zushet who is mm -hmm. presumably the one with the tuning fork uh, she is currently the one with the tuning fork um she's got an inventory and everything you know you're getting serious with an npc when they have an inventory <laughs> worth a look uh this may take a few minutes to establish what in here is is best for it i'll make a start on that she's going to wander around doing sort of arcana roles and generally figuring the place out from a magical perspective so you do have time to enact any other plans you have or make any you know attempts to help with this that you can think of mm. how's everyone Almost. looking health wise not great <laughs> I'm okay, actually. Fairly okay. Oh, I'm grand. 
All right. I was uh, kind of. You go ahead, Ember. Okay. I will uh, give Rill a pat on the back and lay on hands. Uh, how's 25 sound? Oh, so much better. All right. I will be sitting down and having a bit of a rest and a bit of a snack and wondering if this is going to take long enough that I will be able to short rest it. Yeah. Do we have enough time for a short rest? Um, someone, someone roll me a um, perception or investigation check. I love to perceive things. I love to investigate, I to investigate things. Them. I love to investigate things. <laughs> 13 for perception. 17 for investigation. Okay. So taking a quick look around, um, especially at, at the sort of tide line on the pillars, you think even when the tide is fully in, it's only going to come up to about six foot above this floor, which is enough to mean Zouchette's definitely going to be swimming. Trick probably won't be head above the water, but it's not going to be. It is not going to be forty foot deep, and you've got to breathe water to navigate it. It's going to be annoyingly flooded, and you will still be able to have a dry-ish seat around the base of the statue because that's got quite a broad, like stepped plinth. Um, so the urgency is is of that tide is more. There's an annoyance happening than you're going to be drowned. Um, so if you want to take an hour to get your breaths back, you don't feel like you'll be condemning yourselves to a horrible death. That is relieving. Um, Maynard is going to like take a, take a rest near the base of the statue and do some arcane recovery to get some spell slots back. Um, but mentions that... Uh, he was interested in what that large construct was protecting behind that archway. Mm. I got the feeling it was like an entrance that was that should have been like the way that we came in. But it is definitely worth taking a look. Okay, roll roll me an investigation check for that the smaller part of the chamber before. Count mm. one puzzle while taking a short rest. I, th I think so. I think one can putter. I think if you have to start running or get doing anything, you know, concentrate, moving boulders, I think you are no longer resting, but I think you can putter. Well, let's have a putter. I got a 19. Pretty good. Uh, this looks to you. Um, uh, it has this doorway-sized archway um, on the temple side in the curved wall. The back wall is just a flat, straight wall with no further exits in it. Um, it has this smaller pool that is barely raised above the floor. It's sort of, sort of one brick height, kind of enough to contain the water, but not, not raised the way the big well is out front. Um, and it's about five feet across. Um, it's very murky now, of course, because it's full of seawater. Um, but when it was in use, especially with this surrounding chamber to protect it from a lot of the, the drafts that would be generated out in the main space, it was probably highly reflective. Um, this space has, they are now corroded, of course, but it has, it has candlesticks, it has what were 
probably once the holders for tapestries or hangings. The sensation is that this is the inner sanctum of this temple. That out front would be where you would have the congregation and the great festivities. And then this place was for the priests to gather. Is there any, like... I I have not been in the religious world recently enough to remember what it's called, but I'm thinking of like some sort of box with important stuff in it that is sometimes in small chambers of religious places. Oh, like the this the shit the thing you put the Eucharist in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sacristy, I think, is the word we're all groping for. Uh, he says, googling rapidly. <laughs> no, the sacristy is the vestry, not a box. That was close. <laughs> close enough. Um, there is, in fact, it is. It is, you know, covered in the seawater muck because it is at floor level. Um, but there is a there is a a chest about a foot and a half high, a couple of foot to a side, um, placed not quite in a corner, but against the back wall. Um, between some candlesticks. And when you take a closer look... Um... Perhaps it would contain... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that sounds like it could perhaps contain something with a better resonance. Yeah, you're taking a look? Yep. Um, it, it was once not locked, but latched with a pair of metal short bolts. Um, sort of like on a bathroom door, just those simple metal bars in, in, into hoops. But uh, they have not held up very well against 100 years of being repeatedly immersed at every high tide. Um, they are absolutely not going to slide back. They are all rusted into a unit. However, it is not a very strong unit anymore because there's so much rust and you could easily break them off. The Unless whole box, in fact, was probably metal and is not in very good state. Sorry, I missed you. Unless anyone stops me, I will go ahead and break the latch and try to pry it open. Okay. It takes a little bit of, of, of exercise of effort because the whole thing is sort of quite heavily corroded. But you, you can get it open and it sheds flakes of rust and verdigris as you pry it up. Um, at one point, it probably held... I mean, it, there are several things here. At one point, they were probably wrapped in cloth, but the cloth has not survived. So now they're all a bit mucky and gunky. Um, and the box is full of water. But you can fish things out. Um, does it make sense for you to need to roll for this? No, probably not. Um, you find a number of things. You find a smaller box um, of reasonably pure gold based on the degree of corrosion is quite slight and it's the right color um and this is a small uh a small chest that you could easily pick up um in two hands um it's not got any kind of a lock on it um it just has hinges on one side um fairly heavy you're not sure how much of that is just that it's made from gold uh, and if you open that uh, then 
the um the gunk inside has a different consistency to the just general the chest is full of seawater and gunk whatever it contained has disintegrated into the contents but remains sufficiently separate that you might have be able to have a go identifying it um you find uh two bundles of high quality um candles i don't know if you i mean, you're smart people you would have got someone to cast light on something so you could have a proper look at things uh, sure. the candles are blue they're very well made lightly tapered blue candles and there are two bundles of those uh there is what else belongs in here there is of a similar uh design to the small chest uh there is a candle snuffer and there is another bundle um which sort of falls apart as you pick it up because it's it, it is two vials of some kind of oil which were separately wrapped, but whatever they were wrapped in has disintegrated. Falls apart as you as you dig through the chest. Alright. I will bring all of the items back to the stairs and to the rest of the party. Hmm. Ceremonial candles? To rituals? Yeah. And perhaps this oil has been blessed and might have, if the statue doesn't have the right resonance. Maynard, roll right. me an arcana check. Yeah, happy to. Fourteen. Okay. Um, you're not picking up on anything from, from the candles? Um, but the oil looks to you like it is uh, not just blessed, but but um, but arcanely empowered in some way. It looks like it's an alchemical product. Hmm. Uh, can I identify it? How would you like to do that? <laughs> By casting identify. A solid answer. Well, I'm willing to accept. I'm just you know checking that the answer wasn't. I'm just going to stick some on my tongue and see what happens. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I am, a, I am, a, I am, a, I am like a, a what's the word? Um, danger ignorant wizard, but not that much. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh, yeah, you, you can, you can go ahead and cast identify on it. Um, okay. This is not something you are personally familiar with. It's not something that you would expect to find, even in, even in quite a good magic shop. Um, Maybe this was something that only the dwarves were doing. Maybe it was a, a new thing. You're not sure. Uh, it would be quite expensive, though, if you could buy it. Um, this is oil of true sight. Ooh. Uh, each vial contains three doses. And if spread on your eyes, on your eyelids, I should say. Not, yeah. If, if smeared on your eyelids, uh, will for an hour... Uh, give you true sight, that which will let you so see. You cool. will be able to see in normal and magical darkness. You'll be able to see invisible things. You'll be able to see through visual illusions, and you will be able to see into the ethereal plane around you, which means you will have awareness of a lot of magical sort of architecture that would otherwise be invisible. So when I identify it, I just sort of make like a very pleased with myself looking grin and you know there, there's that temptation to be like "Ooh, magic thing magic thing for wizard but 
Ember found it, so I I say to Ember, this oil is very special. Uh, appears to anoint you with this with an ability to to see the the true state of things, uh, things that are invisible or or hidden. Uh, if you mark your eyes with it, you could see through illusions, magical disguises, things like that. Very useful. Sounds like it might be particularly useful in times to come with our adventure. Out of interest, how many doses of this Total six. are in this bottle? Six. Okay. Oh. You, have, you have two vials with three doses each. Nice. Sorry, I just had the thought that that's enough for all of you plus the horse, and I'm just imagining how badly <laughs> it would go to get a horse to <laughs> <laughs> Cannot recommend this course of action. <laughs> Mina, do you have any ideas about this smaller box and what it might have contained? Not entirely sure. I mean, I'm not very religious. It seems like a reliquary box may have contained some, some sort of a written prayer or something like that, or offerings. Mm. Real, do you have any ideas as our more religion-oriented person? Uh, Rill is, like, on the other side of this big open area. Um, he is hunting around for any, like, parchments or scrolls or books. I, I know they'd be, like, waterlogged, at you know, incredibly, at this point, if they're even still intact at all. But... Investigation check for Rill. Okay. Ooh, 26 with a nat 20. Hey, yeah, man, you find you find the bookshelf, and it was it was a bookshelf like in a cabinet, Ooh, built okay. up against um against the the walls, uh near the inner sanctum, but not inside it. Um, on each side there was an enclosed cabinet that was functionally a bookshelf. As you say, everything inside is ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly weren't keeping. Magic magical scrolls have a certain resilience in the same way that magical artifacts do. Um but anything short of that, anything not actively imbued with magic, um these were presumably religious texts and have not survived. Uh, um are they currently underwater at the like level that we're at right now? No, you are at the other end than the tide. The tide has now come into about the uh about the level of the large pool, the large well, um, in terms of distance across the floor, and is two or three feet deep, probably at the entrance, but out where you are, it's just, you know, there's sand and muck on the floor, but the water has not got up to you yet. Okay. Uh, let's see. Judging by how flooded we know this area gets, if we took them out, would there be anywhere dry, like high enough up to put them? The pillars do have capitals, so they have those the the there are cylindrical pillars mm. at the bottom they have a base that is wider, and at the top they also have like a wider ring before they go into the vaulting of the ceiling, and you could use those as as makeshift shelves, and those would be well above the water level mm. um, okay. whether you could conveniently get up to them that's more of a challenge, but those are certainly above above the tideline. Okay. Uh, Real is, is currently, when Ember 
asks him to like take a look at this he is like carefully trying to make little stacks of all of these books like <laughs> as as you know uh okay as as gently as he can to not further damage them yeah they're mostly in a sort of soaked together kind of brick like state okay well i guess that makes them easier to move uh yeah, arms full of books wanders arms full of books real like wanders back out into the main area what did you need I was wondering if you might have any ideas what might have been inside this smaller box that I found in the inner chambers oh I can take a look um here, trick will you hold this rest of but sure sure uh, uh religion for me real that is... Uh, it's pretty good. It's a 16. Okay. Um, you sort of carefully open the box so as not to lose any of, of the contents. And the smell hits you immediately. And perhaps your friends wouldn't recognize it because they're all surfaces. But this is very familiar to you. Uh, this is a common kind of underground incense. Uh, it's made from one of the species of deep down insect produces a kind of glow fluid of its own, but harvested and dried, it becomes this very uh, fragrant, burnable incense. Uh, this presumably was very high quality before it was immersed in seawater. Um, right. Now it's kind of gunk. You could probably dry it out and, and reuse it. Um, it wouldn't normally be expected to have specific sort of magical properties um but this this looks like it held the incense that sort of went along with the candles right okay yeah Rills explains that to the rest of them and and he actually carries some incense on him so he'll like pull out you know uh, a little bit of that as well to sort of compare he's like yeah it's it's like this it's i mean it's not good anymore unless you dried it out but yeah that smell Ugh. Oh, trick. While you're holding those, um, do you think you could help me set them up on that shelf up there? To, to be clear, the, the capitals of the pillars are about 20 foot off the ground. Trick's no. inventive. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on, wait. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know who help. could help you put them up there? Is me. Oh, yes. Ember. I forgot they had flying armor. Uh, you are holding a bunch of like a, a waterlogged block of books and, and scrolls and things. Oh wait, hang on a second, I can help. Here. And... Um I fumble with my with my with my with my full arrest harness and <laughs> hand you one end of it. I'm like, hold that, take that, walk over. Okay. <laughs> we walk over. Um, and you now have a chain hanging in the air from which one could hang some books with the leaves pointing down. Mm. I gesture at it and I go, yeah? Okay, not bad. So like a, you've made a washing line with the, <laughs> Basically. With the lock chain. Uh... Look, there's a thousand and one uses for like two immovable rods connected by a retractable chain. I like it. No, I like it. I think it's good. Not bad, yeah. But 
um, Ember, does your um, does your armor still have some juice in it? You know, for today. Did I do? I think. Yeah, your armor yeah. isn't on charges. It just has that. Yeah. It has that fixed limit on how long you can fly for. But you can oh, just use okay. it all. You could use it every turn all day. Yeah. Oh, cool. okay. You That's just have I to thought. land between okay. each turn or fall. Cool. Do you think you could get up there with with uh, um, enough time to you know safely get back down? I can get up, and I can get halfway back down, which isn't that fall of a fall, far of a fall. Okay. Well. What I was thinking of doing was laying all of these out up there, out of the high tide um, reach, unless something, you know, um, happens to totally flood this room. But I do have a spell that could that could fix these. Oh, cool! But they'd be ruined if we just left them where we found them, and I don't think we can carry all of these with us. Uh, Unfortunately. Holds them up to the capital. I have an important question, Hugh, then. Mm-hmm. If somebody who is, like, if, if those, if those, if that, if Ember's using their jet power, and mm-hmm. then their fall is arrested while jetting, could they then use the, or, or is it a thing where you have to, is it a thing where you'll double jump free charges when you hit the ground? To, to be clear, mechanically speaking, the double jump recharges when it ticks over to your next turn. I mean, yeah. So it's not, it is not that you have to hit the ground. It's that you probably get about four seconds of flight time and then it will cut out for a couple of seconds. And then you get about four Perfect seconds then. of flight time. Okay, which wait, is long wait, enough wait, to you... really screw yourself over if you're falling. Um, it's fine then. Look, but you can, for instance, hang off the. You, know, you can just grab onto the ledge and just hang there until your armor ticks uh, over. You can, Ember, you can hang onto a new movable rod. Absolutely, all of these are options. Yeah, there you go. I, I give Ember the blockchain. You do not have to put your feet on a surface to Ember make it can work. fly. <laughs> sort of, sort of cool. awkwardly. Ember can fly for a number of seconds at a time and then hang off a movable rod and then fly some more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We reestablished. I, I, I give Ember like a, the full full arrested treatment. <laughs> I like it. Excellent. I like it a lot. Yeah, with with this process, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna make you sort of roll athletics or anything because you have the time to do this sort of reasonably carefully, and you have a method that full on will work. Uh, um, yeah, I would have made you roll for things if your plan was I'm just gonna drop 15 feet every time and it'd be fine. But <laughs> <laughs> but the, the plan of I'm going to recharge with an immovable rod to hang on to, I think is is good enough that you can just do that safely. Um, it'll take several, you know, probably 20, 25 trips to get all the books up there, carrying them carefully. There is a substantial number of completely unreadable books, um, and you're going to need, you, you split them across you know, probably three or four pillars, sort of stacking them around at the top, but they are then a solid 15 feet above what looks like the average waterline uh, and well out of the water. Having finished all of that, how is Zuchette faring? Unless uh, anybody roll... has anything else they want to do first. should roll Zuchette a couple of uh, checks to see how Zuchette is doing. Hmm. Well, Zuchette rolled an 18 and a 3. <laughs> so Zuchette is making progress, but has not solved the problem yet. Um, might perhaps benefit from some assistance if someone feels that they have a way to do that. Mm. 
I don't know if Real knows enough about what like the tuning fork is actually trying to look for, but since if he could help in any way, I suppose if she could, you know, guide him. Sure. Uh, roll me another religion check. Mm-hmm. That's a thirteen. Mm, okay. So what 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 the two of you are trying to do is kind of establish the place within this temple that is the closest, in a metaphysical sense, to the god it is dedicated to. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the difficulty is that that does not strictly mean the place that the people who worshipped here thought was the pivotal point. So, although you can start with the Inner Sanctum, the god may not have felt that that was the heart of the temple. Right. It might be more complex. It might be the mathematical centre. It might be where the echoes converge. You know, there are ways that it could be defined on a metaphysical level that are not obvious to the eye. So finding it is, a, is, is difficult. And Zuchette has two or three candidates that she's finding it hard to, to sort of narrow, narrow down. it down between them. Yeah. So one of them is the center of the larger reflecting pool, the one that you've dropped a construct into. Um, one of them is a point about 10 feet off the ground, um, sort of between that pool and the inner sanctum. Uh, and one of them is the pool in the inner sanctum itself. But but figuring out which of those it is, that's currently the challenge. Uh, she's fairly sure it's not the statue. Um, the statue probably was very religiously significant, but she doesn't think, like, metaphysically, it held the charge of the place. Two thoughts. Um, one, potentially, if anybody has detect magic... We could look for something more magical that might have a stronger tie. Um, the other idea is maybe this is something that True Sight would help with, and we could use one of those doses. True Sight might help a lot. I'm just wary of wasting it if we can manage without. Likewise. I mean, who knows what, what we'll find on the other side of this. Yeah, precisely. Let me see what else you've got there. Those, well, the incense is probably ruined, isn't it? Are these candles magical at all? Did you check? Did you go picks one up mm. and has a, a close look and goes, no, probably not. Still, they might be blessed or something of the sort. There's candlesticks in the, uh, in this back room. It might, might be worth lighting a couple in those and seeing if we get a better sense for things. Yeah, let's try that. We can do that, and I can uh, detect magic. It might, it might help. It's a simpler spell than I would necessarily. It's more... Mm, oh, I wasn't sure it Detect would. magic's more useful for finished things than this kind of location of potential. Right. Would be my thought. Um, can't rule it out, but I wouldn't expect it to be the ideal thing. All right, let's get these candles set up. So you um, fix one of the blue candles into... Uh, each of the there's a set of four standing candlesticks 
around the small reflection pool in the inner sanctum. And Duchette is setting up candles in those candlesticks and uh, lighting those. Um, it makes the place very eerie, even more so than the magical light, because magical light doesn't flicker the same way. And it makes this, this ruined temple just seem just that bit spookier. Um, but if I could get uh, a religion check from uh, anyone helping with this, please. I think I'd pitch in on this. Like, yeah, I am yeah. accustomed to playing the role of the, well, not priest, but, you know, householder in that kind of tradition. 21 on my part. I oh, was nice. I was going to make fun of you for not letting Rill and Ember do it, but then we both rolled not well. Yeah, I, I have proficiency <laughs> in religion. Trick is yeah. wise and religious. Yeah. It's, not, it's unfortunately true. religion is intelligence driven, but you know. Nah. <laughs> yeah, Ember's Ember's religious knowledge is all just based on gut instinct and not years of study or anything. So yeah, that's fair. That's true. And Rill canonically does not know this god extremely well at all, so yeah, this is more of a guesswork than he would like it to be. Yeah, I think we're all operating on we know how to give honor unto a god. <laughs> right. And beyond that, it's very yeah. Wor working in the dark somewhat. Oh, uh, not once you got the feeling... first candle on trick looking at this with, with the candles lit and with with your eyes sort of trained towards that spiritual center of the place rather than architectural you don't think it is this smaller pool because you're looking at this archway and how everyone out in the main sanctuary would be able to see the light of these candles and get a glimpse of this pool and you think about fortune-telling and mystical insight into obscure things, and you think that being able to partially see this is the point. It's not a separate space. It's a space into which to peer, which mm. would mean the real center of the worship is out there with the congregation and probably in the larger pool. I think as I'm like having these thoughts, I'll just sort of slowly, like, I'll first of all, I mean, I'm gonna stow the shield mm -hmm. because I, I'm gonna stow the shield, like, cover its light. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then start like walking slowly backwards out of the um, out of the arch and like down the aisle. Um, yeah, and like you get this feeling like you're supposed to be viewing it from a distance. It's not meant mm. to be a close-up view. I'll try not to fall into the big pool. Um, <laughs> which would be tragically ironic, but also... That would be very funny. Uh, fortunately for you, it is it is built up to uh, around sort of sitting height for you, with a wall around it. Um, okay. Less fortunately for you, the tide has come to a point where just before you reach it, you're like, ah, that's over my boots. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. Not as cold as it should be. That's weird. Yeah, that's probably something I'd notice. I've I've experienced water like we're on a there's rivers. Yeah, this is warmer than seawater which you have experienced. Well we did we But did you, you do that, like, some 
warm yeah. water was coming in in the. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it is it is perceptible, but also over your boots now. That's annoying. Splish splash. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just sort of like slowly kind of backing down the aisle and around the main pool to see if there's like a moment of like, aha, you know, that's my main vibe. Yeah, you you are you are vibing towards. It is this larger pool that is the real center of the place. Mm-hmm. I will call over the rest of my party. Yeah, Zuchette did not roll as well as you, um, but well enough to to go along with your assessment once you explain it. Which I do, but not at length, because we've already just explained Cause, it. Because the audience have already heard it, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> now listen here. <laughs> hmm. I do hope that we're not going to have to fish that thing out in order to use this. Hmm. I crack my knuffles with an air of satisfaction. I'm like, oh, I could give it a shot. <laughs> uh, Zuchette will take out the uh, highly magical tuning fork, um, which is straight hey, out wait, of the book. Not I'm not magical, making it up. It? Sorry, say it again. I thought the tuning fork wasn't magical. Well, eh. a no, magical the tuning thing. fork is, is, is arcanely highly tuned. Yeah. Uh, but at this moment is in a sort of magical state because uh, Zuchette is going to undertake an arcane process to align it with mm. another plane that is currently aligned at this point with this plane, mm. which is which is magically technical, and she is not able to explain it in greater detail than that. Mm. There are, there's diagrams. It's awful. I will mention, while she does so quietly, to our, our wizard, the warm water. I I I I, de- I declare this in my mind to be a wizard thing. There you go. I pointed it out to someone now. <laughs> well done. I'm probably making too much of the warm water thing, but you know it's a fun thing. <laughs> it may well be one of those mysteries that is never solved. Zuchette futzes around for about ten minutes with this thing before uh, having drawn in charcoal. Um, a complex uh, magical diagram around the pool, like on the wall, so out of the muck, or the worst of the muck. But having drawn this complex magical diagram on the top um, and um, gotten out her spellbook and looked up a few things, uh, looks up at Trick as the tallest and says, could you lean out over this without touching any of these diagrams and just hold the tuning fork out in the middle? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll use the um, immovable rod as a handhold. <laughs> oh, perfect. So with that, you can actually kind of get it to the actual centre rather than just out over the water. Nice. It's a little precarious, but you can make it work. Yeah. Um, and Zuchette stands back a little and makes just a couple of arcane gestures which cause the whole circle to light up with an uncomfortably grey glow. You're not sure how light can be grey, but this is. And says a couple of words that ring and echo much more than words should um, in a language. Um, None of you 
speak, I don't think, but Maynard might well recognize as uh, some variant of Draconic, which is commonly used for magical workings. I speak Draconic. Uh, this is not strictly Draconic as a language. Um, this is, is in the same way as you can write arcane formulae, this is spoken arcane formulae. Yeah, so kind of like when I was reading the the script on the the amulet. Yeah, it doesn't quite yeah. work out to, to prose. Uh, it's a verbal component. The words here are for connection, uh, for divinity, uh, and for the... Um, th it's a single verb in Draconic, which means passage between the planes. Ooh, cool. Um, and the tuning rod in Trick's hand vibrates very sharply and suddenly and then goes still again and the light fades. I think it will work now. We did it? We, we attuned did. the tuning fork. We attuned the tuning fork, which means we should be able to shift into the plane belonging to the god that this place belongs to, which is probably in an upsetting state by now. That is what it sounded like. Do you think um, anything we did in here would have an effect on there? Uh, it could probably be made to with enough magical preparation. What were you thinking of? I don't have anything solid yet, and things sound precarious enough over there. I don't know that doing anything would be a good idea, but... I also don't think we should go through immediately. How long will this stay up? Uh, oh, this was a one-off. This was a sim the, the attunement spell was was instantaneous, so that the, the fork will remain attuned uh, in theory indefinitely. In that case, I think we could all do with a rest. As much as I'd like to so go she, through right now. Looks around and wrinkles her nose. You want to sleep in here? No, no, not down here. I mean, if you can teleport us back out, we can rest. We can have a proper rest. We're not on a schedule of hours, are we? I can't. Ah. Not, well... Sorry, let me just check something. It's possible that, in fact, she needs to sleep in order to be able to do... Oh, you can, no, you can, you can use higher slots. I, well, I... Well, I can. But if I do that, I will have to use the last of my strength in order to, to work the plane shift. And then I won't have anything in reserve for the big weapons. Uh, I put up my hands and I say, okay, why would... The, but the fork is in tune, definitely. We're yes. all already kind of tired and drained. Why are we, why are we thinking of plane shifting now anyway? It's fair, and if I sleep, I will have my strength back. That sounds better. Wisdom! We're 14! <laughs> <laughs> if we're not in a hurry to get to the business of rescuing, but then we may have to do a lot of exploration on the far side. I don't want to mislead you. I, without knowledge of any mm. places on the other side, it's going to be fairly random where we end up. Unless you know of any landmarks towards which we could aim. And if we plan to rest before we go there, then we could communicate to get some landmarks. Oh, fine, fine, we'll teleport. <laughs> Uh, I would. This suggest is the GM going. I had not planned for you to take a lot. If you take a long rest off this encounter, no, no, this is an NPC being a little bit cranky because she wants to get on with the job. This is actually <laughs> the NPC. 
we've been traveling for like a week already. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to get it done. She wants to go see her, her gender friend. Listen, Brill's not happy about not going immediately through that portal either, but <laughs> going in with all of our spell slots uh, and such seems like the it's best option. <laughs> May I suggest we teleport to somewhere nearby enough that we can come back by mundane means if we need to? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, come back here. Oh, that's a fair point. We don't need to come back here at all. Now that we've got this fork attuned, we don't need to start from here to shift. Um, we could do, and it might help us guide our aim on the other side towards the equivalent point in that other realm, but, but there is a chance that the equivalent point in that other realm is the worst part of the damage. So that may not be of benefit to us. I don't think I would take it above randomness, at which point we may as well go from wherever we like. That sounds sensible. Um, before we leave, though, I do want to fix those books, then, if we're not coming back here. Oh, by all means. All right. Um, really? Wordlessly handing the blockchain back <laughs> Yes, <to> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless Maynard has a f uh, um, fly still handy? No, I'm out. That's what I thought. I thought you tapped it when we came down here. Oh, if we're going to rest next, I can do you another fly. That's not too difficult. All right. Thank you. Just yourself. Yes, that's all I need. Oh, that's easy. She casts fly on you. With very much the attitude of someone for whom fly is not the big guns. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um... When Rill gets back, like flies up to the top of these pillars, up to the capital where all the books are are laid out, mm -hmm. um, and he has a couple, he has a couple casts of this spell that he can do if they're not going to plan on um, needing any other spells, you know. Um, he, it's a, it's a new spell um, that he's been sort of keeping, keeping an eye on to when he he thinks he could be able to use it, and um, he. Uh, pulls out from his bag a vial of um, holy water, which mm -hmm. and I presume he could just have on him as a matter of course. Um, holy water is, I think, technically a, a like a it, it's an item with a cost in the book. Um, That's true. But it's not outrageously expensive or, or difficult to come by. It's just it's, It requires quite a lot of silver dust to make it, which is why it has a, a cost to it. Yeah, it has to be uh, worth at least 25 gold pieces. It doesn't say yeah, it's I mean, consumed, so I assume he just needs you, you did very recently have a chance to go shopping, so if you want to okay. switch up some of your gold for some holy water, I'm happy with that. Right, I'll mark that off then. Um, and he is going to cast Unburn. <laughs> Tell us what Unburn does, really. Uh, so he uncorks his vial of holy water and um, very, you know, carefully um, smears droplets of it over his uh, fingertips and his palm in very specific patterns. And as he is moving his hands and um, chanting this unnaturally cold fire. Like these veils of fire drip down from his palms and flow over these books and scrolls. Um, and in this 15 foot 
area in all dimensions. Um, any of them that were burned, charred, destroyed, dissolved, um, <laughs> they are returned, restored to their original, original untarnished form in its entirety. Um, if their magic, the magic does not work anymore. But otherwise, yeah, there is this, this soft rain from the top of the pillars as all of the books shed the water that had soaked into them and it flows away and they before your eyes it's like the aging runs backwards and they become crisp well cared for leather bound paper volumes uh not all of them matching, some of them different sizes, different shapes, but all of them now restored to a readable point. There are a handful that were clearly fairly old and worn when they went into the water, but even those are now structurally sound and presumably readable. Oh, fantastic. Bill is absolutely thrilled. It is it is a bit of a struggle for him not to just just take a couple, but that seems like it would be um disrespectful. So he's Um if you if you wanna take a look I can I can tell you what they are. Um Okay, yeah, he'll he'll definitely as long as this fly is not his going level to respect is can't touch him. No, no, he will he will definitely like if he knows he has, you know, a little while left on fly, he will take uh that little while yeah, to he's got through. at least a f few minutes left on fly because it yeah because this spell only takes an action <laughs> for some reason oh in which case yeah you've, you've got like nine minutes left even after you ruptured you know, m mentally prepared yourself mm. you have got enough time on fly to, to take a quick look and, and taking a quick look through um you you pulled these from two separate cabinets and it looks like different things were kept in each so about a third of these restored books are religious teachings or interpretations or um, sort of books of theology. So you have some scriptural stuff, you have some direct interpretation of that, and you have some more um, analytical essays. Mm about meaning that's about that and, and those books between them are about a third of what you have the other two-thirds are either brief biographies or for the most part uh descriptions of visions or insights that people had that they believed to have to have a, a divine attribution um and what they did with those visions how they acted upon them and that seems to have been of as much importance as the vision itself so it's not just a record of the dream they had or the imagery they saw but what what lesson they took from it on a, a moral or an emotional level and how they acted upon it and that goes back for at least a couple of centuries of of records here. Okay, wow. Uh, Rill would absolutely love to spend 
pages pouring over these. Unfortunately, he cannot um, do so. Um, check to see if you can find anything about visions maybe specifically involving the domain of this god. Okay. Roll me an investigation check. Um, 18. Hmm. The impression you get from the vision write-ups is that people at least understood that the visions they got from this god uh, would be directed to their immediate circumstances in some way. That is that the action that they ought to take in response Mm -hmm. would be a fairly direct and immediate one, even if they wouldn't see the effects for years. It was something that they should act on now. It wasn't really... They were spurs to action rather than informational visions. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Some of the volumes of, of theology might serve you better in terms of um, either priests having potentially visited it or what they understand the realm of the god to, to be like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, real will grab the most informational seeming, you know, at his disposal uh, books. Yes, since... the, the, the most promising of the theological. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. he, will, he will float back down to join the rest of the party. That was oh. remarkable. Yes, I, I thought it would be. I learned about it, I mean, quite a while ago, but it was never... I mean, I've never had enough power to be able to use it before, but oh, it works so much better than I even thought it would. I mean, look at these. How badly damaged could they be before you could do that? I think I'd need all or, or at least a significant chunk of what was left, but even if they were just ashes, I could... I think I could fix them. <sighs> that is incredible. It does. Oh, it also works on things like um, rust and, and general um, damage and, and corpses um, as well. You know, but luckily we don't have um, anything to do with those, at least today. How often can you do it? Well, um, after that, twice more about. Ah, it takes some of your your, your, your usual arcane mm-hmm. strength. It's not a separate miracle. Unfortunately not. I... Well, no, no, that, mean, that means you can do it several times a day for as long as you need to if you have the supplies. That's good. Yes. Oh, this is... oh, I can't believe that works so well. It's a shame we can't take these with us. I wish us. we could take the whole library. <laughs> well, I mean, we do know there's going to be people coming down here, mostly for the lift, but if we can find a way to get down here, it isn't blocked off, it could be brought up to the surface. Well, do you want them to have it, or do you want us to have it? Or, or well... Not us personally. I don't personally have a direct use for a religious library, but there must be some surviving dwarves who would want it. We do know a few, actually. Depending how resourceful they are, perhaps you should just give them a sending and let them know it's here. A room full of seawater isn't the best place to store them, but they're well out of the tide. They'll last a a while. Mm. Don't we have access to a bag of holding? Literally one of you is carrying a bag of holding at this moment, yes. I forgot about the bag of holding. How did I forget about the bag of holding? We could just bring them with us. And (laughs) next time we're near our dwarvish friends, 
we could offer them to them then. Ember, you are a genius. Real I, I will say as a DM, books are going to take up a significant portion of the interior space of the bag of holding. Um, they will all fit, but if you want to have the bag of holding as a an active, we can fill it with a bag of holdings worth of stuff resource, you might want to decant them somewhere. But like, you could easily move them out to the docks or something. Right, somewhere that's And have less... them somewhere that was not in an underwater temple. Yeah. Um, and then tell the dwarves where to find them. I mean, like, <laughs> for moving them, absolutely fine. Um, but if you want to just carry them around with you, uh, they would take up a significant portion of the bag. As a point of order, hang on. Wait. So the plan is we're going to teleport out of here, then we're going to rest in dimension door in the morning, yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. I turn to, um, I turn to Suchet and say, now with the teleporty thing, the thing that matters is knowing where you're going, not how far it is, right? Yes, it shouldn't matter where we start from, only where we're going to. Right. Where do you want to go? I mean, seems like, seems like, seems like it would be a good idea to go somewhere we can either rest up well or store these or both. Um, could go back to Rossmouth for one thing. I, I I don't I suppose there's a lot I suppose you don't know any you said you don't know any of the circles up up top side, so No. We we could very easily go back to the Golden Flame for the night. Uh there are a True, couple of but... other places in the down world where well I know a number of circles down there, but there are a couple of places that it would make sense to go to to, to rest. I mean um if our issue is um, sewing these books, but then also getting them back to the dwarves, and that's the only concern about going back to the down world. Yes, I'm just thinking it through. We could go to the ribcage. If we went to Rustmouth, um, Maynard, could your parents keep a watch on the books until we're able to take <laughs> them? Well, we, we know I where mean... the dwarves are. Well, yeah, but the problem is getting... I to... don't know where the dwarves oh, are. Right. It's not enough to intellectually know the name of the place. To teleport safely, I need to have... Seen it. Well, at least been there. Uh, ideally, if I have something from the place, then I can sort of follow that pull, you know, a piece of, mm. of oh, stone well, or, or an object. Can we find that skull near there? Did we? No, that was that was further south, I think. Um, oh, the... I'm sure we had some. I'm sure you had something taken from from there. Well, if you want to go through your pockets, now's the moment. Before we decide on a spot, if you do have an item, I can follow it with almost complete surety that we get where we're going. Hmm. Rossmouth I've only been to once, so we honestly would have more safety in following an object. Although ah, well we, did buy, we did buy some things in Rossmouth which we could probably use for the purpose. I snap my fingers and I go, well actually come to think of it. One thing I know about one thing I know about um oh the place where we were in the south, the city. The proper big city. Vanguard? Yeah. Yeah, Vanguard. One thing I know about Vanguard is they're all um council over in Vanguard. Um I say desperately hoping I out of character that I haven't mixed up. Um so that'd be as 
that seemed like a pretty decent place to go, and I'm sure we must have something. Ah, hang on a second, I say, as I rummage through my rucksack and I pull out a parasol. <laughs> but do we know anyone in Vanguard? I don't want to leave the books with someone we don't know until we can get them I mean, to the door. They've got priests. Uh, yeah, there's an entire... But won't the priests want to keep them? <laughs> they're the same... Oh. The priests are the same the god same I am. They wouldn't destroy... At least. And besides, their council, they might have an Earthshaker temple somewhere there. Maybe. I mean, we can keep rummaging through our, our pockets. We can keep rummaging through our pockets, not opposed to it. I say, it's like, like go through my <laughs> um, backpack. The, the the I I from a DM perspective, I'm, I'm letting you rummage because I don't know what's in all your inventories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a rummage, and the only place that I could take this person is either my house or Rostmouth, or also I suppose I believe the college I could take him. I think you could because I think your horse statue at this point probably qualifies as an item. <laughs> horse statue, actually, I. Bought in Rossmouth, I want to say. Your brooch was bought in Rossmouth, so you could you could use that to go to Rossmouth. Sorry, not Rossmouth. I meant Vanguard. And the, the brooch, I, the brooch I already sent. Sorry, yes, you did. Quite right. Um, yeah. yeah, you have the parasol, and then you probably have some ginger left, or at least the jar it was in, which I think would take you to Rossmouth. The jar I have. I'm sure. Yeah. Maynard has something of that would take us to Rossmouth as well. Socks, if nothing yeah. else. I mean, I'm 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 preferring to go to somewhere where we know there's a dwarf and dwarf, all dwarf, any dwarf, any dwarf. This is and this is a this is and dwarf an artifact. You're and dwarf. Well, the um. Yeah, my my feeling is you were so respectful about dwarven ruins that I don't think you ended up with any keepsakes of either the dwarfenage or Hyderal. Uh, no, we we specifically left stuff at Hyderal because we didn't want to take it because yeah. we thought there was ghosts who would haunt us. I mean, to um, any of you, I mean, I mean, I'm sure if we were, I'm sure if we're looking for one dwarf, Vanguard was a big was a big old town. Was that the um the the, the Vanguard's a big old town and one? No, huh? Vanguard was where you um had puppet shenanigans. Oh, that's God, puppet shenanigans, right? Okay. <laughs> Vanguard is place where it's too hot, right? Wait, it's the place where it's too hot, and you met Odysseus and had a whole thing with a puppet and a gnome in a dream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could start on yeah. the the whole. Hey, we need you to, um, you know, introduce this whole. Wait, no, Odysseus thing. isn't there, right? Uh, we don't know. He was when we left him. You know, Odysseus told you his schedule. <laughs> Last you heard, Odysseus was planning on moving on, but I don't think you've spoken since then. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it smells like he. I don't know. Might be. He might be moving on. His puppet got a new body, apparently. So, mm, I don't know what their travel plans look like. If only you had some way of finding out. He, <laughs> I say, so just a little does, bit sharply. He, he does not. He, not he's 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 fucking tapped on spells. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. But in any case, in any case. If we do go, if we do go, if I'm, I'm my money's on my money's on Vanguard because Vanguard is because Vanguard because Vanguard we know for sure there's you know at least the right pantheon of temples mm. and also um and also 
I mean, like I say, it's a big city. Our, our odds of being able to find some dwarves seems pretty high. And then we can be duty discharged. Is our odds of finding some dwarves pretty high? Aren't they, like, in hiding? Wasn't it a shock to find the dwarfenage? Okay. Out, out of character. Out of character. Like, you literally met a dwarf working as a ground... You personally have literally met a dwarf working as a groundskeeper in... In... in um. Yeah. So the, the reason, okay. part of the reason for the confusion here is the dwarfenage is absolutely in hiding, but this is because they've been in hiding since the war out of paranoia and do not realize that there is no longer an active genocide against them. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, surviving dwarves have sort of how much they've integrated into service society varies, but they're not in hiding or anything. There's little enclaves of surviving dwarves around the place. They found work there. They're getting by. If nothing else, um, in Eisenbrook, there is a surface temple. Um, Wait, I thought we were going to Vanguard. Oh, I was just putting an option out there. If ah. the concern is the care of books, um, I mean, we are beholden I mean, to that's a god of knowledge. Would... Even if these are dwarven books, I... they would take care of them. Mm. I mean, Having I'm... been refreshed in my memory, I am now on Team Vanguard. I am just imagining now Zushet taking the parasol, opening it up, and like Mary Poppinsing <laughs> us, like out like through the roof of the cave. 100%, yes. <laughs> Ooh. I imagine the beating summer sun, like, is coming from below on the underside where there has to be some sort of floor to protect you. It's going to be unpleasant. I will, I will, I will pass you share the parasol and say you might need this. You should collect your books before we go anywhere. Yes, I'll carry them. We can put them in the bag. <laughs> right, put them in the bag. Nice going off my nose. I, I will assume that with the help of Ember's armor, you can spend the time that it takes to just transfer the books into the bag of holding. Emptying it is going to be an interesting exercise in sort of rummaging around in the bag, thinking dwarven book, dwarven book, dwarven book, <laughs> until they stop appearing. <laughs> yeah. Like a cat transferring its kittens. Yeah, just you stick your hand in the thing, dwarven book, and when you're when no books appear, you're done. Also oh oh also as you showed, they've got a um they've got several circles actually, um, I think in a little cluster. Um which might be worth visiting while you're I there. I would appreciate learning some upper side circles, yes. They circles seem to be a bit of a hard object. Has everyone got everything? Yes. Not done anything they plan to do here? Are you going to do anything with the thing we dropped down the well? Uh, no. It's a temple guardian. This is a temple. It's guarding it. Fantastic. Fine it is one. exactly where it's supposed to be. What was the what charming phrase you used? No skin off my nose? <laughs> Let it stay down the well. Have everybody been to the toilet before we set out? <laughs> ah, you have children. <laughs> in fairness, I don't think Trick has ever gone on a long journey with children. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> not in a car. <laughs> Where you can't just stop at any moment convenient to find a bush. We didn't leave anything out front, did we? We brought everything? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. then. Let's go to Vanguard. And, uh, Rather than in a circle, uh, she sort of gets you to hold hands in a line. And Zouchette is holding Maynard's hand on one side and with the other hand sort of puts up the parasol. 
<laughs> and casts teleport. Uh, and you pop out. You pop out in a busy street in the upper city of Vanguard, near where you purchased said parasol. Uh, you attract some attention because people teleporting to Vanguard do not appear in the middle of busy streets. They appear in the teleportation dock up there like civilized persons and you are filthy. <laughs> and uh, one of us is a gnome. <laughs> one of you is a gnome. And one of us is enormous and immediately shouts and immediately shouts Lord's Nails and covers their eyes because they've just been <laughs> underground. <laughs> Yes, none of you can see a thing. Oh no, this is terrible. It's too hot. It's too bright. Everyone is staring at you and you are like soaked with seawater to about the mid thigh. <laughs> Should we pick up there next week? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Come out and play is a real play podcast project. All trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends, and if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. I looked it up. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a spell from second edition. Oh, okay. Ah, it's been brought forward. It looks like it is like homebrew. It's got a version of no source. Um, yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's um, homebrew of a, an older edition makes sense. Yeah.